0: Do you know and I thought I was disappointed not to be dinosaur poem, but here we are. <laughs>
1: This episode may contain spoilers for Tenant. So what have we been watching?
0: I have finished the Sopranos rewatch at long last. I say that, it's only took me about a month. It's not as if it's not as it took me like years to do, but it was always good to get that finished so I can move on to other stuff. I have recently discovered Cobra Kai on Netflix that like most people and I remember when I started this was on YouTube years ago. I thought to myself, Is this something I need to see. But when I first seen the trailer for it, I thought it was some kind of fan made thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was actually a TV show they we are making, and I thought, I don't know if that's going to be very good. I've seen more cups of it than there. It's like two seasons on YouTube, and I need to see this at some point. I was even considered just buying it from YouTube. I was hoping to get a DVD of that, but Netflix just came to the rescue, and at the risk of using any sort of hyperbole, I think it's the greatest TV show ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely loving it. I think it's so good. It's just the right amount of '80s cheese, because it's set the present day. It can take the piss at itself, and it's very self-aware. Um, have you seen it? Have you watched any of it at all?
2: No, like you. I thought anyone. it was a fan series uploaded to YouTube. And, I, and then when I saw trailers on the Netflix, like Facebook account or whatever, I was like, oh, they must have made this like into a thing. But I do I do fancy watching it, yeah.
0: It's brilliant. You need really to have seen the films to, to enjoy it. Funnily enough, they use flashbacks very, very well. So you don't have to have seen anything, but it does help to be to have seen it. Because I watched the first three episodes and went, I need to go back and watch Criticids. I just have to, and I went back and watched the film because it's on Netflix as well. So I am back and watched just the first one. I went back to the show, but oh yeah, it's brilliant! It's just so much. It's a total joy to watch. It's just like it's like half an hour long each episode, and it's just an utter utter joy. John, you've just seen Connecticut? Yes, yeah. Oh, I've
1: seen funny. one, two, and three. Or was it
0: more the more? It was just a three. No, it was four. It was one four. with Hilary Swank. I think it was with Jennifer Garner. Mm. One, two, and we it sort mixed up. Yeah, it was rubbish. Yeah,
1: I've seen the th- I've seen the first three, but it's been a long time since i've watched them so that's why i was wondering whether you needed that background but they're doing flashbacks in that kind of explains
0: the flashbacks are excellent but honestly i wouldn't say I'm too much more about it just just watch it it's a it's a total joy to watch i've also i just finished season four the first half of season five of lucifer uh, does anybody watch that
2: i want to get into it
0: it's the story of the the devil uh, leaves hell and opens a nightclub in la then teams up with a detective to start solving crimes. And it was very, very loosely based on the comic by the same name, by Mike Carey, but the character itself was created by Neil Gaiman and the Sandman comics, and that's where it originated from. Interestingly enough, the character was based on Bowie, look-wise, by the artist, but this is so far removed from it, it's totally different, but it's fun in its own right. Uh, Tom Ellis, who plays Lucifer, is really good in the role. He's- I think you I think you particularly like him in this, Mary.
2: I mean, honestly, if I was going to sell my soul to
0: Satan, he can take it all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the first show was a lot of fun. It was on Amazon, Amazon originally. It was it Amazon original? I think it was Fox that made it, and it got cancelled after the first three seasons. And then it was a Save Lucifer fan campaign, and Netflix mm-hmm. actually picked it up. So Netflix <laughs> done season four, season half a season five. Just got released. There's still more episodes to come. There's going to be a sixth and final season coming next year. So looking forward to that. I was also watching a documentary on Red Dwarf called The First Three Million Years and that was great. It was, uh, David Tennant was directing that and there was so a lot of stories I didn't know how Alan Rickman almost ended up in Red Dwarf at the beginning. Oh wow. He almost played Lister. Alfred Molino was originally playing Rimmer before he was recast. And it's just like, things like this. Like, it, it, Alan Rickman's an incredible actor, one of my favourite actors ever, and I love Alfred Molina as well. But you can't imagine anybody else in those roles. You just can't. And it's incredible <laughs> the fact that this show is still going on after 30 years, in fact, more than that now. And what, they're still making new episodes? Yeah. And it's, just a, a, it's a cult show. I mean, there's been big, massive gaps at times between the series' the starting and ending, but it's a good documentary. If you're a Red War fan, I, I'd recommend checking it out. It's a lot of good behind the scenes stuff. I've also started watching Lovecraft Country. How is that? Which I, the first episode I found it hard to get into, but I thought you yeah, give, give it a fair chance. Second season really picked up for me. I will stick with it. Bit crazy, bit surreal, but very, very terror based, <laughs> very good horror based. Mm-hmm. Especially the fact that you've got like, the the love monsters attacking them, also mixed in with the fact that they're black people in the Jim Crow South. So you've got mm-hmm. the real life racial terrors and pa- mm-hmm. running parallel with it, the monsters and that and it's yeah i'll stick with it I'm, I'm quite enjoying it have you seen it john did you start it
1: i've not started it yet. i usually let, let these things go for a couple of weeks before getting into it so i can watch maybe for the five in the trot
0: i don't thought about doing, doing this but I, I don't think it's a show i could binge on i think it's something i can only really wa- i would enjoy watching more week to week and giving it time to settle a bit like the watchman before it in that case, in that sense I found that mm. a half shorty binge. Elsewhere, I recently read The Troop by Nick Cutter, which tells the story of a group of Boy Scouts on an island and <laughs> the military that have been, been fucking about with tapeworms to use them as weapons and it basically, it's like Lord of the Flies meets The Thing. Okay. It's just total B-movie-tastic. Uh, the book, I thought, was a bit overhyped for the time I got to read it, the uh, time I actually read it. I did like it, though. I think it would make a cracking film. It's got all the elements of uh, a B-movie, which mm-hmm. totally bit of my let's be honest, but it's a decent enough book. I'd, I'd recommend it and in a more kind of highbrow way to end my recommendations. I was reading The Four Horsemen, the discussion that's battled the aviast revolution. Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins, Daniel Dennett and Christopher Hitchens, who all had a conversation at some conference. It was recorded and transcribed into a book, and it's absolutely fascinating. It really is. And you've got these like four really brilliant minds in the room, and they all cover to Christopher Hitchens. His intellect, it's mm. so... Like, it's so, it's so intriguing when you're reading it, and it's like they're all going to be debates and stuff. And Christopher Hitchens will just speak, and they'll all find themselves agreed with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Very, very controversial book, but very interesting. Oh, and also, I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang for the first time on the recommendation. You've never done. seen that before, no? I have not seen it before, no. I quite enjoyed and? it. Yeah, I did quite enjoy it. Very, very much shade black through and through, mm. but much better than Iron Man 3 and The Predator. Not as good as as The Nice Guys, I thought The Nice Guys was better, but I enjoyed it, it was fun.
1: Okay, what I've been watching, I took advantage of the fact that the cinemas are open again, so I could go back and see The Empire Strikes Back at the weekend there, which was excellent. It was really good, I've not seen that in a cinema screen for probably about 20 years, when they re-released the redone versions of them, so that that was very nice. I have also watched... Safe House, Denzel Washington mm. Ryan Reynolds oh, yeah. just watched that yesterday, just on a whim I saw it was up on Netflix and gave it a go, just to see if I remembered it and actually remembered liking it and I did, it's an excellent movie, quite a nice wee thriller there. Watched the Tom Hanks film Greyhound, which yeah. was, it was a good film but it was, it was very intense you would, it was basically about 90 minutes of trying to avoid U-boats these US Navy mm-hmm. the tickets for they're escorting merchant navy ships crossing. There's a sort of a dead zone within the Atlantic where they can't get air support from one side or the other, and it's in there that the, the U-boats start hunting them and everything. So it's very technical. There's not a lot of interpersonal dynamics or anything. It's all got to do with the job at hand. So it's quite quite intense that way. It works quite well. Some of the effects weren't brilliant, though I must say. Considering this was a film that was supposed to go to the cinema, some of the the sea effects didn't
0: look all that great, to be honest. See, that was going to be my follow-up question, because this is an Apple TV film, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just assumed it was a made-for-Apple TV movie, and when I seen the trailers for it, I thought, yeah, if you've not got the budget, don't try and, don't try and do a film that should have a bigger budget. It just, it, it did look very made-for-TV, mm-hmm. uh, and you saying it's supposed to actually be the cinema, that's surprising. Yeah, There's, some, there's some big scenes in it,
1: obviously because you're, you're talking about U-boats and the big armada basically of ships, so those sort of scenes were made for the cinema because they looked really good on it but there was just a few of them that looked a wee bit ropey and normally my, my wife doesn't normally comment on these things but she kind of said doesn't look all that great, doesn't it? I obviously just had to agree with her because well, one, I just agree with them everything anyway because <laughs> I've got it. I basically got it tattooed that I am wrong uh, <laughs> right across my chest. So, <laughs> but she was right as well in this occasion. So yes, I watched Sputnik, which is a Russian horror film. It's only just out, I think it's just out on Video On Demand. It's about a space mission that comes back to Russia, set in the mid-80s, and they may or may not be alone. And a psychologist is brought in to this secret research establishment to try and figure out if there was something else that came back with them. And it's a really good film. It's quite a low-budget, it's a horror sci-fi film, but it works really well. It's really creepy, it's really effective, in the... The way that they make sort of 1980s Soviet era Uzbekistan looks brilliant, it's, it's really good. That's
0: so what I was going to say. I've seen a poster for that, I've not seen any trailers of that. But the fact that mm. uh, I, I do like foreign horror movies, mm. I just kind of find that a lot of kind of Hollywood ones and Western ones in general tend to have a specific style to them, and it's always nice to to see. Don't worry, I do think every, every country has a own style it's especially J horror. But mm-hmm. I always like to kind of check like, foreign horror movies to kind of see how that country tries to do it. So I'll check that
1: out. Yeah. Oh, it was very effective. It was very good. I watched Entrapment, Catherine Zeta Jones and Sean Connery. I'd never seen it. And it was on the iPlayer. And it's very much of his time. I, mean, Catherine I was going to say, in is that a very like- tight outfit and going through all the motions to try and avoid laser beams when she's trying to steal something? And it's just yeah okay yeah let's just focus on the bottom for a few minutes more
2: <laughs>
1: you know I'm about uh,
2: 20 years old it must yes, yes yeah yeah
0: it's more than that and here's the thing i think i think it may be more than that because um i took somebody to that and the first ever day i went on i took the machine <laughs> entrapment <laughs> you know, good times eh <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did you do
0: the old yawning stretch in the cinema? I did I think I just kind of sat with like arms like soldered to my side mm-hmm. like clasped to my knee, hands clasped to my knees.
1: Popcorn and the, the lap and all that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so yeah, that was Entrapment, which was okay. That was very good, I, I, I thought
0: it very, very good, yeah. I was never tracking. think I'm not. I'm not buying this romantic relationship between Sean Connery and his daughter. Aye, it's he was
2: supremely old but even 20 years
1: ago. So <laughs> he was supposed to be 60 in the film, but he was actually 70 in real life.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> just crazy. Okay. I'm just asking my kid if he can visit Jones's fucking grandmother because. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did leave a lot to be desired. Have you? Ever seen the Sunday Times TV section? You know how they've got TV maggots it's called it's a culture mag. It's called, and they do reviews within the TV section, and a lot of it is one word. So I think for that they said it was unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> just the whole film, but they're actually quite a scream. There's a lot of them that they put in, you know, preposterous or something like that, or
2: oh, you know, do they ever believable. just write shit?
1: Yeah, they've come close a few times. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I'm. You just realise? Yeah. yeah <laughs> you <laughs> maybe Maybe not in the fact <laughs> that,
0: <laughs> The culture section was the time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> does does your manservant bring it up on a tree with white gloves?
0: At <laughs> a, a, oh, the I breakfast know. table or Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <wonderful. laughs> The ones just in the coffee. You're
2: just it's you're together. playing into the image that you. I know, I know, I,
0: know I know. Me, me and Mary, like me, and Mary, like just lying there on the couch, like <laughs> going through, going Twitter, through Twitter. You know, <laughs> We can't even access the Sunday Times website because by the paywall.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's John, I know you don't mean it, but it's absolutely hysterical because you're so cultured, it actually hurts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, oh. moving on. I also watched Ava, which is a film with Jessica Chastain, John Malkovich and Gina Davis. It's about an assassin who works for a black ops operation and basically the tables are turned on her and she's on the run and has to defend herself. It's it's okay, it's fairly decent. Jessica Chastain is pretty good in it. Some of the other stuff in it was just all right. There's a reason why it went video on demand. It would never get a cinema release this one. But it was an hour and a half. It's okay. All right, and finally in the movie front, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. The Art of Self Defence. Seen this? It's a film about a guy who gets mugged and decides that he needs to basically learn how to fight. So he goes to karate school, and what happens is the the guy that runs the karate school is a bit sinister and completely nuts, and it's just the whole organisation is really shady. And he starts getting involved in it, and it just kind of goes from there. Now you think it's going to go one way and then about 45 minutes into it, there's an incident something happens and he actually finds out that things are not what they seem and everything kind of changes around the that. It's a pretty decent movie I actually quite enjoyed it. It was last year I think and I think it just came out recently on the On Demand as well it's probably one to seek out I would say. It's pretty good. That's incredible. Sounds like
2: Suspiria but karate. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Actually, yeah, you're, you're, you're not too far away there,
0: actually. Suspiria, before fair, I just imagine, like, you know Ridley Scott famously went and pitched Alien his Jaws in Space? Imagine Suspiria, karate. I'm surprised you've not seen Suspiria either. Have you seen either of them? No, both of them are on my list on Amazon, oh, really? and I just, I know it's a film I'm going to have to sit and devote some time to both of them, for that matter. Although, dude... Mm-hmm. The running time of both of them is vastly different. The original original is fairly short and the remake is not. But yeah, I will watch them at some point. I'm off next week, I might watch them then. I think they both stand up.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I uh, I really like the original. The remake, or whatever you want to call it, reimagining, whatever you want to call it, kind of fell down the last 20 minutes or so for me. It got a bit silly, but I really liked the music and I thought Dakota Fanning, is that her name?
0: Yeah,
2: no. No. Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson, that's who I mean. I thought she was really good in it.
1: I like how you put it went a wee bit silly in the last 20 minutes
2: Well, <laughs> no spoilers That's much, that's,
1: that's like understating <laughs>
2: I'll let like somebody watch and decide
1: Yeah, yeah. alright, so watch that I also binged the whole of Station 19 Which is a firefighter drama It's a spin-off from Grey's Anatomy Now obviously I'd watched the whole Grey's Anatomy Season 16, last time we spoke and there was a few crossover episodes, Now I would watched a couple of episodes of Station 19 to begin with when it came out, but I just went back and watched the whole thing, there was two seasons on Amazon and one on, I think it was Sky On Demand, the third season, and I just basically ran my way through a lot of it in the space of about a week, I was watching about four episodes a day, everybody was Excellent. going nuts, I'm saying, you still watching that? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's pretty good it's the same sort of idea as Grey's Anatomy except obviously they're fighting fires instead of rescuing people and operations and stuff but yeah it was, it was pretty entertaining I'm up to episode 86 I think now in the Arrowverse rewatch I've only got just over 500 to watch on that just <laughs> only 600 episodes in total have but you had any, any crossovers yet? just the, the very first Arrow and Flash one because it's only on like I'm only on, like, season three of Arrow, yeah. so there's plenty more to come, and obviously they're going to be introducing similar shows in uh, the near future. As far as I'm concerned, in the, the watching order, so yeah, I'm just watching them all in order. I'm not skipping ahead to the, the crossover episodes, I and mean. just it's, it's it's fun. It's good fun. It's all right. Yeah,
0: it's I, like, which, sorry. So, ended up as for me, like yeah, I loved those shows at the beginning and I watched them all kind of religiously. But uh, I found every week there was like more and more and more. And because you are I was watching them, like was it Monday to Thursday, a different episode was on each night, a different shows on each night. And I realized how f- all these shows are formulaic like, Supernatural, Smallville, Arrow, those CW shows. But seeing you watch them like all week, you really noticed it. And I kind like, of found myself just drift away from so maybe how you're doing is better in a way
1: yeah possibly I'm not watching too many of them at the one time I did find out with station 19 you would watch if you're watching four episodes not so much back to back over the course of a day or so you do figure out things because obviously they're all sort of standalone stories but there's through stories in it so if something gets introduced just as a, a wee comment in one episode, you know that's going to come back with like, two or three episodes and it's going to be a major storyline or something like that, just because yeah. it's, it's the way, it's the standard way of introducing things, yeah, you, you do get to see that when you watch enough of these things.
0: said I don't even mind getting an idea about watching the one show and binging it and being repetitive. and you're watching four different shows and realizing they're all repetitive, it was, mm-hmm. I, I actually started getting that um, fabled superhero fatigue. Yeah. Uh, when watching the, the Arrowverse But the crossovers are excellent and definitely worth it
1: What else have been watching? I have been watching Stargirl as well The new DC show I watched a couple of episodes of that. That's pretty good as well It's okay, it's not brilliant or anything But it's alright, I think I'll stick with it and see if it gets any better not too fussed about it to be perfectly honest also been watching Atler again Which I just love Oh, just I love not get enough of that I watched the first Three seasons of that and then just sort of put it to the side and hadn't watched it for maybe about two years or something and now there's so many of them I still have to catch up on I've seen bits and pieces of them because my, my son's watched most of them but just getting back into it they're all laugh out loud funny and just there's so many things you take away from it like I can't hear anybody talking about someone with an East German name without going what the shop putter or something <laughs> like that and just you just there's stupid <laughs> <wee> things you <laughs> just <laughs> You just uh, you just pick up on all the time and it's just brilliant. Just love it. It's one of these things you could you could watch all day quite easily. Yeah. just you yeah. And I've also been watching Hell's Kitchen, the US version of it. Basically, my son has got total into it because it's just they're streaming all the American version on Amazon Prime. Oh, and I've right. been watching that and it's just hilarious. It's just brilliant just to see Gordon Ramsay just being an absolute bastard. Like 24 hours a day it's, just, it's, it's great TV because they they do it in such if you remember back to the likes of Big Brother when they started in this country and they had mm-hmm. contestants on it that they thought everybody would be kind of interested in and they would bring something to the show mm-hmm. but then they, they realised that wasn't really working so they just brought in complete toss spots the- <laughs> well, and they brought in so many of them that you wouldn't just they, they started by just bringing in a couple of them so that it would be a wee bit of entertainment value. And then people were voting them out because they were, they were horrible, didn't like them. But what Hell's Kitchen's done is they've just got maybe one or two people who are okay, and the rest of them are all just completely nuts. They're just all horrible, horrible people. And it's massively entertaining television because Gordon Ramsay just does not hold any truck with them whatsoever. He just gets totally stuck into them. And then, of course, because he's running a restaurant at the same time, when people are not getting their food, they're up and complaining. And he basically Mm -hmm. just says to them, Fuck off. Fuck off back to you. (laughs) And and he makes some sort of personal remark. But there was a a tall, elegant woman come up and started complaining and he just said to the the head waiter, Can you tell the giraffe just to go back to your chair, please? it was just brilliant and oh i just can't get enough of it it's so funny and it's so much better than watching selling sunset which i've been kind of tipping in and out of as well which
2: hey.
1: it's it's just on the tv so i've been watching it i can't say that i'm watching other than sort of protest like you know there are other rooms in house that i can actually go to but i don't want to see it but that's an experience that i know you've been watching all that haven't you Mary?
2: Yeah, I've, I've binged it all. I still can't tell uh, Jason and Brett apart. They are literally just two identical wee <laughs> guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if I worked at a workplace like that, it would be emotionally draining. But it's the property porn. It's the forty-seven million-dollar house or whatever. That's what you're there for. Well, you yeah, want to see all that.
1: Well, there was one I saw. It had nine rooms and twelve bathrooms. And I just yep. kind of went, what? What? Sorry, twelve bathrooms. <laughs> what do you need? What did say?
2: Yeah, we always have a crazy amount of bathrooms and I'm like, how many people are you having over to your house and do they all need to pee at the same time?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah, didn't make any sense. Yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been watching. Book-wise, I've all been reading one. I'm reading a book called Projections, which is a series of books. I think there's maybe 16 of them now. It's a forum for filmmakers, it's described as, and it's all essays from various filmmakers. It was put together by uh, John Boorman and he writes in the first one. There's also uh, an essay from Samuel Fuller and Enric Pressburger and Jonathan Denny and Gus Van Sant and people like that. So it's pretty interesting read. I think that they've been going for years and years and it's one that I, I just saw. It was one of these things that was recommended to, you know, how you get recommendations on Amazon. You know, mm-hmm. if you like this, you may be like this and was this projection So I looked at it. And you can't buy the books new anymore, so a lot of them you're getting for like a penny plus Plus postage, and they're excellent yeah. uh, reads. So, I've built up maybe about 12 of them now so far, and they're all really good. You just, and because it's only like 15 and 20 pages, that you're reading at a time, it is just you're just reading these essays, and you don't need to think about oh you know, I've got about 300 pages of a book to read. So, you can just dip in and out of them and dip in and out of different books as well. It's pretty good. That's me.
2: I feel like I haven't really watched a lot since our last podcast. Joanna watched 30 Days of Night, which she recommended. Thoroughly really mm-hmm. shat myself. I hate when they do things in films that blacks out a character's eyes, like there's no cut; it's just all black and obviously all of the vampires had that including like 16 rows of teeth and then they had that horrible scream noise that they kept, like I swear to god that was my new sleep paralysis demon for about a week afterwards, it was so scary it was such a good movie but I was like really scared by it, so it was a good recommendation. Other movies that I've watched I've watched Moneyball, which I'd never seen and it was kind of like super fast you had to keep up and they were like genuinely talking like proper baseball statistics so you had to like pay attention to that but i really enjoyed it i thought brad pitt and jonah hill were fantastic in it, it was one that totally just passed me by when it was out but i knew there was a lot of oscar hype around it so I wanted to make a point of watching it and that was good i watched the first episode of the plot to kill america which is based on the philip roth novel which is set back in the 1930s and it's talking about sort of like white supremacist uh, sentiments stirring up in America and it focuses on a a Jewish family but I've only got into the first episode because it it didn't excite me as much as I thought it would so it didn't quite grab me enough but I I will go back to it because I've downloaded the full series. I also watched a documentary on Hillary Clinton she was interesting she kind of changed my opinion about her you know for a couple of reasons but then they wrote they then they rolled out Bill And he was like, oh, I love my wife. I fell in love with her intelligence. She's so wonderful. Cut to, you know, Jennifer Flowers or Monica Lewinsky. And I was like, oh, he just gives me the creeps now. I also watched Love on the Spectrum. On Netflix, which I cannot recommend highly enough, it's only six episodes. It's about these Australian young people with autism and Aspergers, and they're sort of obviously trying to go out and date. Michael and Mark are my absolute heroes. Like Michael in particular, being the typical blunt Aspie, was obviously not enjoying his date and just put his car keys out on the table and was like, "Well, that's me. I've had enough." And I was like. I love this guy (laughs) (laughs) the honesty was incredible but it was really good, really kind of heartwarming so I think that's everything I've watched reading wise I have read Queenie by Handice Carty-Williams which is a sort of story about a young black journalist living in London and her sort of love life and family life and dealing with mental health which i thought was really really well written i also read writers and lovers by lily king which is about a girl who is a waitress but she's trying to write a book she's living in boston and again sort of falling in and out of relationships and kind of family and that sort of thing and I just liked it because as somebody who obviously is a, a frustrated novelist, I would just like the, the parts where she was trying to sit down and write and then she'd written loads of pages and basically just wanted to set them on fire because she thought it was shit. I was like, yeah, I can I can empathise with this. I also read Conjure Woman by Afia Akatora, which is about a slave practising hoodoo back in the, the deep south. And finally I read William G Mann's Town*, which is about murder, morphine and madness at the start of Hollywood. <laughs> So it's a factual novel, non-fiction, but it kind of reads like an old sort of pulpy noir. It's about, you know, the Hayes code of production. It's about how MGM gets set up and it's about the murder of a prominent director back in the, the 1920s and how that was linked to, you know, hidden homosexual relationships and widespread morphine use and getting around to prohibition. I thought it was really, really well written. I actually didn't want it to end. I loved his Catherine Hepburn biography, and I'm going to get more of his cinema stuff because he's a really, really engaging writer. It was such a good read. Did I also me. see
0: that you started watching The Wire for the first time?
2: Oh, yes, I did. I totally forgot about that, and that's not because I'm not enjoying it. I have never seen this before. I didn't realise it was like Dominic West and Idris Elba were the like two English, obviously, actors, kind of the leads in this really big sort of revered American drama yeah I noticed it was available on Sky like all of it which they don't usually do so I've been downloading everything like a fiend and I'm really enjoying it. It's young Michael B. Jordan is like this little tiny baby in it. He's like so skinny. But I'm, no, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And the guy that plays Chalky in Boardwalk Empire is in it as well. I can't remember the actor's name. But I'm only about six or seven episodes in. But I'm really, really loving it. Although this weekend I'm going to have to dingy it. Because I'm dedicating that to The Boys Season 2 on amazon prime and i'm thinking of ending things on netflix because i read the book and that really fucked with my head so i'm really excited to see what they do with it
0: no it's the reason i remember the, the, the wire there was because i've started re it last night as well i haven't oh, watched um, over over 10 years i watched i missed it the first time it was on but not long after it finished i think it's bbc the repeats all from the start mm-hmm. and i watched it then but a wee bit of trivia for you that it's not mm-hmm. a spoiler or anything, but it also ties into John's talking about these crossovers with Grey's Anatomy. Uh, is it Station 13? Station 19. So, it's Station mm-hmm. 19 in the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. Richard, Richard Belzer plays a detective, John Munch, or John Munch, I'm not sure, in the pronunciation, mm-hmm. and Homicide Life in the Street and Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Mm-hmm. He also turns up in The Wire, playing the same okay. character. He also turns up in The X Files playing the same character so in theory, and there's Uh evidence to back it up Uh the x-files and the wire exist in the same shared universe
2: i love this idea
0: it's absolutely (laughs) incredible isn't it
2: i also love that this guy has made a career out of playing one character (laughs) imagine (laughs) if he like they maybe pitched a role to me he's like nah but can i just do what i've done and all the other i'll just i'll keep the same name it just you know it makes it easier for me to learn my lines or something i kind of like that idea (laughs)
0: For me, the idea that McNulty could go to the bar in Mulder is sitting, yep. fucking blows my mind. <laughs> but another interesting thing about Richard Belzer, if you go on YouTube and say Richard Belzer and Hulk Hogan, you'll see something quite mental.
1: Okay. I, I'll, just tell, um, I'll just
0: tell you, Richard, Richard, Belzer's Richard Belzer's in a talk show, Hulk Hogan was on it, and he was oh, wrestling's fake, blah, blah, and all of that. I think this was the 80s, and Hogan's mm-hmm. like, yeah, can I'll show you a move? And he puts him in a front face lock. And Richard mm-hmm. Bezos is like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And then his arms go limp. The audience laughs because they think he's just pretending. Hogan uh-huh. lets him go and he falls, bang, against the floor. And they're like, are you OK? And he gets up and he just springs back up, says some gibberish to the camera and the camera cuts. And I interview him years later and he goes, I had no idea what happened. One minute on speaking to Hulk Hogan, next minute I'm speaking oh to paramedics. And you actually look at the footage, there's blood on the ground where he's hit the ground so hard.
2: Holy shit.
0: The footage is incredible. And it's his own fault. Yeah. It really is his own fault. You know, he was trying to be a smart ass. Yeah. But that's what I know him from as well. I don't know if Hulk Hogan ties it to the wire in the Sherge there, but <laughs> the idea of Suburban Commando in the wire <laughs> crossing over tell me you've seen Suburban Commando. John, no, god. It. oh god, see if it turns up in Netflix or Amazon Prime or, or even just on TV one night, we have to do a podcast on it. Is this it's, a Hulk that's, Hogan
2: movie,
0: yeah, Hulk Hogan, Christopher Lloyd, and Shelly DeVal is in it as well. And, oh god, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> what possessed Christopher Lloyd? I don't know, this is the 90s as well, so it wasn't like Christopher Lloyd washed up, it's just like Christopher Lloyd at the height ah. of Back to the Future fame. He's the one carrying <laughs> the filament.
2: Right, I mean, it'll probably be on Channel 5, they, they usually carry that sort
0: of shit, oh don't they? It's, watch a trailer for it, it's absolutely incredible. It's i Guess I'm sandwich will settle.
1: Seat Anything else will go home
0: i am just doing. in front of him. A mate of mine sent me his theory last night. He thinks that mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Debicki's wee girl, every boy, mm-hmm. are the same character.
2: My mum said that.
0: Eh. Here's yeah. part of his theory. If you guys called Max, it could mm-hmm. be short for Maximilian. a If mm-hmm. spelled L-I-E-N is Neil, if you put it backwards.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Well, so there's bit, there's uh, some stretch
1: uh, going on there, but yes.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, oh, my mum well. wondered that as well, because um, we went to see it on the same night as us, and she came out, and she was like, well, was he that wee boy then? I was like, oh, I never really thought about that.
0: There's also a bit when she lifts her top to show her scar. Uh-huh. A part, I, I don't remember, I've seen it a couple of times. It's a verse, his eyes and looks away, like mm-hmm. a politeness, or bashfulness mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. his speech at the end and says it's the end for me but it'll start for you We got to some stuff and then the next scene is the protagonist outside the school mm-hmm. and yeah it could be stretches as well but Christopher Nolan even said we think he may be called Neil he never really quite what's going on with his identities now again that's still a bit of a stretch all this kind of tying in but mm-hmm. the idea that the character could be Maximilian and that's Neil Backwards, the way the film is that's mm-hmm. too much of a coincidence if that's the case again it could be a stretch but It could also be I think there's some possibility to it. It fits in with the forward and
1: backward element of the story and everything. Yeah, that's it's quite impressive.
0: I'm just going to give him a shout-out. That's a, at cgnovel992 that sent me that last night. He's utterly convinced, but uh, I'm also not speaking to him because he watched Hellraiser 2 last and didn't like it. <laughs> uh, to the point it's almost put him off watching the rest of the franchise. I said, you know what, you're probably like free better because of the way your stupid be fucking mind works. But anyway, keep that in, by the way.
1: <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, that's going to stay on. So there haven't been very many spoilers out there for in it at all, it's been quite yeah. respectful so far I thought people would have mm. put quite a lot of, so considering the, the amount of spoilers that were out there for Endgame, the day mm-hmm. it was released and the number of people that were saying well this happens and that happens, but there's not really been that from what I've seen I, and I've not really avoided like coverage of it or anything, there just doesn't Do seem
0: you to you be Do you think there's no so fucking clue what happened?
2: I was just about to say, is it a lack of understanding that has caused a lack of spoilers?
0: The problem is doing Twitter going, oh, I'm going to spoil the film for this guy. So, like, right, the beginning was an opera scene, and then this bill goes flying backwards, and then they start messing with time, and then Batman turns up, and, oh, fuck, I can't be him <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's definitely something you need to watch twice. At least twice, just to get your head around some of the elements of it, because you're able to concentrate on some of the things that you weren't concentrating on the first time, because you're taking in the whole spectacle the first time some of it's really really clever as well especially the way that they did see the, the car chase scene, there's all the backwards car and all that because the first time you see a car on the road you go, oh dear there's a car on the road mm. but then that all ties back into and everything, you're just thinking See for me,
0: that scene when you go to the car the first time and drives it and how the fuck, it looks so like unnerving, mm-hmm. the way everything's going against the natural flow mm-hmm. it's just so well shot so well yeah. shot
1: It's the fact that they had to learn how to do everything, obviously there was a fight Mm -hmm. scene that they showed twice and how do you even start choreographing that?
2: I loved that scene, I actually could not get enough of it and I had a wee sneaky suspicion about the fight scene Mm -hmm. which was confirmed later on in the movie but I absolutely loved it. It was just so fascinating, it was almost like balletic, like you're watching all the movement and things are going backwards and things are moving forward at the same time and it's just honestly it it was like a piece of dance, it was incredible. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah absolutely and because of the unnatural movements of the time moving forward and time moving backwards at the same time Mm -hmm. it's such a tense, the the action scenes are really really tense because you're just kind of, it just really makes me, it, it, it nerves me to see Things moving unnaturally. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm the
2: same. Yep.
0: And it's funny as well, because <laughs> I kept thinking an episode of Red Dwarf. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is it, do you watch Red Dwarf? Maybe
2: Chris has tried with me. Uh, I didn't
0: laugh. <laughs> John, you've seen that. I take it. You've, you're quite. I've normal, seen you. quite a lot of Red Dwarf. Yeah. There's an episode in the first series. That's actually the first episode of the first series when they travel a parallel universe and everything. All, all time runs backwards. And of was bits of tea, it just kept reminding me of that. I kept laughing to myself because I wonder if Christopher Nolan and it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he's seen Red dwarf and he's seen the episodes. has thought, I have an idea for a film.
1: <laughs> what did you think of the MacGuffin in the film? The what they were all looking for—these big, massive blocks of things. You think what's happened to technology in the future? Why, why, why does everything get bigger again? These big, big because the whole thing, when put together, they were all big blocks
0: of stuff. Yeah. And why are they so big? Why do they need to but, be? So big? Do you find that was a two thousand and one reference? Maybe, mm, possibly. Yeah, I don't know. With the pillar kind of begin the time type idea, and then it's there again at the end, and everything kind of loops back in.
2: I thought it was meant to be like almost like a like now like we say, like Tower of Babel thing. I thought it was like a languages thing.
0: That's probably that's probably a better idea because if you break it up and scatter it, it's it's better. And then better. it
2: sort of fitted into that idea of the latin palindrome and whatever way you turned them the word still read. so i always thought this yeah. is like a linguistic thing as much as a time thing but maybe i'm reading too much into it
0: it's possible as well because even the the word tenet can mean like uh and it's got different meaning in religious terms mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it could even time it i mean there's just the thing as well guys if we could read so much out of this film and a lot of it is probably just nonsense and probably just fan theory but knowing Christopher Nolan as a filmmaker as well, you wouldn't be surprised if a lot of stuff you're theorizing. He actually has thought of and yeah he it.
1: Well he did bring in the, the guy that he worked with in Interstellar, is it Kip was it Kip Thorne, the physicist? Can, it may not be Thorne, but he brought in the same physicist to go through some of the basically the quantum mechanics of the, the story so he would have at least that he was
0: working on a sort of sound basis of Mm-hmm. how things would work going backwards in time do you know somebody said a promotional advert on Twitter I other on for Tenet and I clicked on it I was expecting as you were saying John like, all these different spoilers underneath it as per the Avengers but there was a lot of people just slate the movie saying stuff like oh I can see where films only came out because we're desperate for movies and the COVID world and black are fucking nonsense. If a the film isn't going a film with over $200 million budget is going to go straight to DVD, but something mentions the science of the movie and criticises it and I'm like, oh, fuck off. Just I mean, I think unless off.
2: you're like a quantum physicist, then you don't really get to comment on the science of the movie.
0: <laughs> you see, even if you are, fuck off as well. <laughs> It's, if it's a, a film. It's not a documentary, yeah. and it's not as if they even try to pretend the science is real in that. Like they really go into the bones of it. Like, have you seen Sunshine? Danny Boyle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They uh, had Brian Cox as an advisor on that movie. And that's the first time I'd ever heard of him. Hey. This is so this is so long ago before he was quite a well-known uh-huh. name. And they brought him on board as an advisor to make the film as scientifically accurate as possible. There was an interview in Empire magazine behind the scenes and it spoke to Brian Cox and they said they're trying their best to make this movie really based in science. There's only one big massive flaw. The the plot. The a <clears throat> spaceship could never get that close to the sun. It's just virtually impossible even if we were trying to explain it. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, and so what? It's nice that you're trying to make it as scientifically real as possible but you've got a big fucking plot hole. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. It's a mm. film you could reword. It's science fiction, people. Yeah,
1: I think there's at least three occasions in the film where somebody says, "Don't worry about it," or "Happening yet?" Because when he's doing the reverse bullet, uh, the scientist says, oh, "Don't worry about it. So, you know, don't think about it too much." <laughs> and he's told later it's, uh, I think it's Adam Taylor Johnson when they're, they're, they're looking at the viewing areas and yeah. mm-hmm. one and another, and he says, "Is your head hurting yet?" You think, yeah, well, yeah, would under those sort of circumstances.
2: Yeah. yeah, there are several people that say, like, oh, you don't need to think about that too much. And that's and I, and I almost wondered if that was, like, another wee, like, distraction thing to sort of test you as a viewer. It's like, oh, was that a piece of information that I should have really listened to? Not that I wasn't listening, but um, I feel like they kept saying that as a sort of, like, trying to throw you off thing as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, also, as well, it's like, uh, the main character, the protagonist, he's a CIA operative. He's not a fucking theoretical phys- uh, physicist. Yeah. He isn't supposed to understand what's going on with the whole time thing. So there's no need to dedicate like 20 minutes of a scene explaining what's happening to try and make it sound realistic. Just so <laughs> we can say, oh cool. Is <laughs> anyone
2: like I mean seriously though, like if you go to a, a film like that, knowing the, the plot and the, the way it sort of unfolds is realism your main concern out of all of this like you walk away from this going I don't feel like the physics were very accurate in this like if you are that guy walking away from the cinema doing that then you're a dick.
1: (laughs) What got me though, why I couldn't really get my head around was at the end of it there are two characters who are living in the same timeline, the the wife of the oligarch Mm -hmm. because she jumps off the boat then she's going back to the boat at the same time. Later on at the very end of the film where she picks up the phone and says oh you know maybe nothing but seen this Mm -hmm. got outside school which one is it yeah because ah yeah because he was speaking to the one that jumped off the boat not the one that went back to the boat with the child Mm that's true so that was kind of that of. I'm sure there must be an explanation for it but I'm not 100% sure did one of them murder the other one Mm. but you couldn't touch because if you touch it messes, messes things
2: well see the touch thing's interesting because that was in my head but then obviously there's that extended fight scene so that kind yeah. of defies the rules that have been set out so I'm like do any of these rules actually count is that- or is that also a no,
0: They're not. They're not skin contact or? Yeah. Oh, I really- thought it
2: was just any, I thought it was just any contact at all
1: No it's your your particles that are on your body and that, one of them is completely covered head to toe right. wearing salt okay. snubs so- yeah obviously wearing the face mask and you don't see during the first fight you don't see a close-up of no the, the protagonist protagonist to be like yeah. <laughs> protagonist mm-hmm. antagonist uh, <laughs> at all you only see you see a close-up of them wearing the mask the second time that they fight
2: yeah. yeah
0: there's also that scene from uh, Bad for the future too when doc brown's saying you can't see your future self if you do it, it could create a paradox and destroy the entire universe mm-hmm. and when they do meet each other and the two jennifers they just faint instead. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of that's it this like end of the world type scenario or they might just faint because it's a bit weird. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, as soon as I heard them saying, like, you know, does your head hurt or you know, don't really think about this, I just thought of Austin Powers because there's the Austin Powers film where he goes back in time and he's saying to his boss, Basil Exposition, but you know wouldn't this cause a paradox and he says now austin don't you worry about it in any time <laughs> and he says and remember don't you worry about it either
0: <laughs> and let's be honest any time travel film worth its salt you're gonna have a paradox and it. it has to have it it needs to be
1: as long as there's rules and you stick to those rules it can be as implausible as yeah, as, as anything. yeah. if you set out your stall early on and you don't change that's when you start changing things for the sake of you Know a, an action scene or to try and get, actually get to a conclusion, then that's where it kind of falls
0: down. Yeah. Like the Avengers, maybe mm. possibly yeah. kind of mess with the same rules a little, just to have a don't get me wrong, but I think they, they do sacrifice a bit of kind of their own rules for a satisfying ending. But again, it's
2: a superhero like, movie,
0: so it's like, no, I know, <laughs> but it's the idea like, um, it's I'm not talking about any kind of a theoretical time travel idea, but. I get with John saying if this is your time, if this is your road to try and travel in your movie, at yeah. least stick to your own rules.
2: Yeah, no, that's good enough.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was a film I saw at the film festival, uh I think it was Joe versus his future self. And there was two characters playing the same person, one older, it was Daniel Stern that was playing the older character. And the way they got round that, because they, they they meet up at one point and he says you know, yeah, I look like you in the future? And he well, you know, time travel really fucks up. <laughs> it really fucks you up. And that's how they get around <laughs> the fact that they were different heights and they look nothing alike. And just, <laughs> I made that statement and moved on from there and it just works. Just, <laughs> that's, very, that
0: that's absolutely genius.
1: Maybe I mean, that's, that's I'm so up.
0: short.
2: Maybe that's there's possible. a time-traveling version of me out there somewhere and I'm actually just like, I'm a zip file. I'm just compressed.
0: I mean, that's why that's I... Possible. Like time travel and comedy films really work because they can just take the piss out of its own rules. Yeah. So it, uh, yeah. Like Bill and Ted, you know, it's like after we do all this stuff, we'll travel back in time and put the keys here so we can find them. Yeah. Oh, look, there's the keys. <laughs> also, see Arrival.
2: Oh my God, you have such a bee in your bonnet about this. Just accept the movie's a genius. You just need I to go Don't have back. a bee
0: in my bonnet. This is all continuity because it's the same.
2: Arrival is a. Uh... It's a film about language. It's about linguistics. Just focus yeah. on that. Don't focus on anything else.
0: See, when I go watch a film with giant aliens, yep. I, don't want a, I don't want a lesson on linguistics.
2: Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer a film about that.
0: <laughs> Independence Day. You want to know one thing. They did not come in peace. Boom. Mm. They you just want to
2: blow shit up, <laughs> aliens. I like no, the let's communicate version of events.
0: Let's Independence Day is probably unrealistic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Surely if there's any intelligent life out there, they were taking a look at Earth just now and going, fuck that.
0: <laughs> yeah. so, uh, even the, yeah, even, so, even the uh, aliens Independence Day wore masks.
2: <laughs> Prepped for COVID. <laughs> Our past has got the COVID.
1: Yeah, Batman yeah. production's been shut down. Which is quite a blow. That was announced yesterday that a member of the production... -hmm. I had tested positive, but it was only afterwards that it actually turned out that it was actually Mr. Batman himself. And Q, lots of jokes, it's okay. He's a bat as well, you know, it doesn't really matter. He will be fine.
2: (laughs) I never even thought about that. That is fucking cracking. All I could think of was do you remember a while ago there was rumors that he didn't wash? And there was a rumour that like on most films that he does similar to sort of Matthew McConaughey, he's got this thing about like deodorants and soap and stuff like that. So in my head he's just always like stinking. So I was like, maybe it's a, a hygiene thing and that's why he's got covid, but I never even thought about the bat angle. That's hysterical.
0: Just shows you that we're not out the
1: woods there, doesn't it?
0: It does as well when there's it's almost kind of like this is this is coming under the umbrella of the so-called new normal, where these big mm-hmm. Hollywood blockbuster movies can be shut down at a moment's notice. Again, so seemingly, and
2: again. Seemingly, is it? Oh, is it for Mission Impossible? I think Tom Cruise has hired a massive cruise ship to house all of the cast <laughs> and crew so they can continue filming. I'm not making this up.
0: The Tom Cruise so they, ship.
2: Yeah, so they can be like self-contained.
0: Is that not just a sea org? <laughs>
2: He's just recruiting them.
0: (laughs) I informed for that one, Tom.
2: Come on, on, guys, let's get a movie made. Just just got on the boat. Just got on the boat. But yeah, seemingly he has, because obviously it was shut down because they were filming in Venice and obviously Italy, or the north of Italy, was one of the first places to go into total lockdown. So that's obviously been cancelled. But yeah, apparently he's just hired a really fuck-off massive boat.
0: Imagine Tom Cruise trying to outrun the coronavirus.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him, right? So...
0: Yeah, so it's, it's
1: going to be interesting going forward because obviously these are almost the test cases, these productions that are opening up. The Batman yeah. was only running for maybe about three or four days yeah. and had to shut down again. So it's going to really impact release schedules into next year and the year after because that was, was put back to, what, October? Mm-hmm. I think it was, wasn't it? October 2021, 20, 22 mm-hmm. Yeah, I 22, I think. I think. 22, I think. 22 yeah.
0: Yeah. From the trailer we've seen, there's only something like 25% of the movie shot.
1: Yeah, that looks good.
0: God, it, it, looks, it looks fucking amazing. I'm very excited about
1: yeah, so it. I don't think this is going to be the last production, just because of just the, the logistics around it. You can keep cast and crew together as much as you like, but there's always mm-hmm. going to be people coming in and out of productions. So it's yeah. fair enough having a, a ship full of actors and technicians but a film production is so much more than just the actors and technicians you've got all yeah. the sort of small elements that come in and out of these things so
0: a ship, a ship of full of potential recruits let's just be fucking honest here <laughs> mm.
2: Tom preaching the gospel of uh, Elrond every yeah. night
0: Tom Cruise returns to shore everybody's got the covid apart from him and like every yep. movie from there was just a Scientologist well i Tom Cruise Tom Cruise is a oh, Batman.
2: John, it would be like The Master.
0: Yeah, pr- very much so, yeah. And they see this film?
2: <laughs> it's so good, me.
1: I know. But the, the last place you want to be it's during coronavirus outbreak is a cruise ship. Yeah, I mean, oh.
0: that's a very good point. I mean, very yeah. right good. Tom Cruise really thought this through. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's probably going to film it. It's going to be the next Mission Impossible film.
0: <laughs> see him do laps of the cruise ship. Because they are doing them back to back, aren't they?
2: Yeah, they There's are, one. yeah.
0: Under Siege 3 and Mission Impossible crossover. <laughs> Everything's a shared universe these days.
2: It has to be, because we're running out of actors who have not got COVID.
0: We're all sympathy, aren't we? Oh, the, new, the new Charlie Kaufman movie has landed on Netflix today as well. When I say the day, the day we us, this, obviously the time you listen to it, will oh, be a different day. Oh,
2: I didn't
0: know that. I'm Thinking of Ending Things, it's based on a oh, yeah. much, That's what I was talking uh, about
2: earlier, sorry.
0: Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I, do, I do that. want... To-
2: i do want to watch that i am um, just we said charlie kaufman it just threw me um yeah no i read the book the book was a total head fuck. like uh, even the front cover is i don't know if you've seen it but it's like it's bending yeah, I... things like six or seven times and it just like it does look like somebody has tried to like scratch the book cover off that was when i had to read with the lights on but the trailer looks like tony collette like oh fucking hell she just looks crazy i'm very excited
0: do you think it's worthwhile reading the book first or should i go okay just go ahead and watch it do you think i know you've yes. not seen it so you can't really compare but is it something not, worth reading I,
2: I definitely really enjoyed it it's a non-linear novel and i'm interested to see what they do with that because there were so many times around the book and i was like huh how did that happen and then you kind of go back a couple of pages and you're like all oh, right we've moved on to something else now it's definitely it's a really really interesting yeah. read so i would recommend having a,
0: having a go at it cool i'll add it to the list
1: we should all be doing this not just me. I know. I just, especially you, Mary, with your new video presentation skills.
2: <laughs> John, have you been keeping in my LinkedIn again?
1: <laughs> no, because it keeps popping up in my LinkedIn. Mary oh, Palmer, okay. is sha- Mary Palmer likes this. Mary Palmer is sha- the sha- of this and this, right okay And then there's your two, your, there's two videos. They pop uh, up in my timeline all the time. So they're good, they're very good. Honestly, no. Oh. Yeah.
0: Is, is this quote I... for OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs> But no. you say you're watching Mary's videos, she's talking about watching yours. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> it's just a video right. of John Colby's hair.
2: Oh, that would honestly be like ASMR porn <laughs> for me. Honestly, just like the brush going through it really slowly. <laughs> no, I, I did brand, like personal branding training and working how to market yourself, mm. and then realised that I'm a bit of a shit bag when it comes to like doing video and stuff like that myself. So try to lead by example, which has put my anxiety levels back through the roof, but well.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Unfortunately,
1: but... no, but you come across really well.
0: And I, oh, thanks, John.
1: No, honestly, it's, well, you've been getting lots of comments with people saying, "Yeah, really, really good," and they're, they're right. You know, you've come across very naturally and you've obviously prepared and everything, and you, know, you don't say notes.
2: fuck once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just only because it's a work thing. That's me. Uh, I've got the swear jar for all the outtakes. Honestly, the first time I tried to record one, how you know, does that mean when you just see yourself back and you're just like, "How has anyone ever taken you seriously in your professional career today?" Because you're just talking shit. <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, in exchange for hairbrushing videos, John, I will continue to post those on LinkedIn.
1: <laughs> I am not going to post hairbrushing videos on LinkedIn. My what, what's left of my career would be in absolute tatters. Mind you, I would have a whole new career. So exactly, right.
2: <laughs> exactly. I honestly, I needed your expertise this morning because I was on the phone to our web developer, and he was like, "Oh, something wrong with like PHP or something." And I was like, "You are literally speaking a different language. I need an adult to come and help."
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a different skill set. It's not an adult thing, Mary.
2: Really. It's it's everything's like only like two or three letters, though. Like you don't, you guys don't speak in words. You literally just speak in letters. I I couldn't keep up with what he was saying.
1: Do you know where all this originated from? It was. The likes of Bill Gates back in the late seventies when they were putting their companies together, they deliberately made the language difficult so people couldn't really? understand it outside of the communities. Yeah, because it made wow. them feel a way bit more special and a wee bit more better than they actually are. It was like a you know, a whole different world. That's what they were going uh-huh. for, a different a, a community. So they, they made sure that the language was arcane as possible so only they could understand it and it made them feel better, made them feel special when they're talking to, but like you said, non-adults. Oh, f- yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, well, I hope it does make them feel special. That's nice. I'm sure Bill Gates does feel very special with his vast fortune living in his castle.
0: Yeah. Objection sure is always implants. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where has all that started from? Where did the Bill Gates has given everyone COVID? Where did that even come from? He's a good guy, he gives all his money away.
0: Yeah, that's a front. I mean there's five G masks near me and there's full of where 5G we're on kills. fire Well, I think one has actually been trying to get set on fire, but there's something bit and wrote five G kills and somebody's wrote under it, then why are we still here, you halfway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like five G kills, not Disney. <laughs>
2: Oh man, I've just, I wish I could properly like deep dive into like Reddit and Twitter and stuff sometimes, but it's it's actually frightening that some people are very committed to a particular system of beliefs.
0: I was watching Cobra Kai earlier, like Johnny gets oh, internet yeah. for the first time and he's just looking up porn, but then he comes across a <laughs> page and dinosaurs built the pyramids.
2: <laughs> oh, have you not seen Church of Raptor Jesus?
0: No, yeah, I must have. I must this is have. a
2: real thing. There's people that like worship, uh, a raptor version of jesus
0: Why wouldn't
2: it's like it's like tinfoil hat central but yeah church of raptor jesus it's always like it's good for a laugh if you're
0: bored no yeah, i know what i'm doing it. whether i'm bored or not i'm just <laughs> i'm doing it just now so sorry if i just drift off you just talk amongst yourselves <laughs> no i better know actually because that's the kind of thing i would get sucked into and you'll see me in the next podcast and you'll mention it i'll say i do my fate i don't think my lord and saviors are laughing matter maybe <laughs> Born again <laughs> Yeah, but he said porn again. I was like, oh well,
2: no. <laughs> <For> <laughs> well, we're looking
0: to... up, well, I'm looking up Raptor Jesus, you know.
2: John's like totally disgusted because they don't do that kind of thing. Eh, no, I was, covers. I was just
1: thinking about Triceracop from kung Fury.
0: Am I going to say something else? There? No. <laughs> 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 uh. Do you know when am I just my work? Um, went in, was looking for my Kindle one day, uh, my Amazon. And she says, oh, recommending books to me, and downloaded a sample, uh, a book called Sexed by the Rex. And I went, is this some kind of mad dinosaur porn? And that's what she was hoping it was. It wasn't, it was just this, uh, just uh, homosexual porn about gay paleontologists fucking on ar- archaeology archeolo- lo- sites. Which wasn't exciting. <laughs> a, a Rex Madison <laughs> tell-all book. <laughs> 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 Do you know, and I thought I was disappointed not to read Dinosaur poem, but here we are. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my God, for once it wasn't me that said something stupid. Can Simmy please open the podcast with that quote this week? I'm sick of it being me.
0: Well, would well, we'll just be you're, you're such
1: good value, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: what my only fan subscribers say.
1: Well, hey. <laughs>